welcome to Near Wrestling. We are your hosts, Mark Spessel, along with me always, is Richie. Good afternoon, people. How are we doing? How are you, Mark? I'm good, thank you, my man. How about yourself, boss? Absolutely lovely. How are you? Uh, it's been a while since we've seen each other, man. What have you been up to? You've been up for lunch? Nah, mate, just a standard. Going to work, going to the gym, and indulging in professional wrestling. How about yourself? Uh, pretty much the same thing except for the gym, but my, I will replace the gym with karate. Oh, that's even better because you can kick some ass. I can look yeah. good, but you can do the, you can do the work. So. Yeah, because I weird my sensei down in a couple last couple of weeks ago, and my god, after that, I felt like I was going to die. Because it was going through these different moves and different motions and stuff, and using all your body as car like. Ah, you know the feel? You know the feel yeah. when you, you don't realise how many muscles you use until you do karate and you realise, oh, actually, I've used all those muscles. Well, very similarly, I. I've done squats about two weeks ago, <laughs> and I couldn't sit on the toilet pan the next day. So <laughs> really? It's the same kind of thing, but um, yeah, yeah, I do know the feeding, but yeah, yeah. And but I you've w- just got your black belt, yeah? Yeah, man, yeah, got it last December, boy. Um, I've sent off my um, like certificate, so I should be getting a proper certificate soon as well to be like showdown and stuff. Oh, mate, so do you know, if you actually had a fight with someone and really hurt them, you're actually classed as a lethal weapon. Oh, uh, yes. That's quite scary. It's, it is, actually. <laughs> Who would have thought me would it be class as evil weapon? But I'll take it. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be teaching it at work, just just for fun. Oh, really? I won't be teaching, like, fighting. I'll be just teaching people, like, basics and, like, the cutters. So cutters are literally just the, um, like, the moves, different motions into, like, different sequences. So I'm not going to do it properly. I'm just going to be a bit of fun to maybe before work. When it went before the doors opened, stuff to get a few people around. So I'm going to be wearing my gear, my belt, obviously. Really? And then uh, everyone's going to be calling me sensei, and everyone's going to be doing it properly, like HD such. I'm going to make sure it, it feels proper, and I'm not just be like, it's fun, but it's still going to be proper, God damn it, you know. Yeah, I might yeah. start calling you Master Splinter. <laughs> yeah. Or well, actually, I could call you um, Master Rishi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So. What we're doing at the moment is we're actually driving to the York Hall. Um, it's the 30th, is it, of August? Yeah, 30th of August. So we're on the way to a Red Pro show called Summer Sizzler. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the day before the um, New Japan Royal Quest, which will be in the Copper, Copper Tin Arena, um, the other side of London. So, How many people does that um, place hold? About 10,000? Yeah, it's about 10,000. It's a lot bigger than the York Hall. Um, Have they sold it out, do you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was listening to WrestleTalk this week and uh, Ollie was saying, Ollie, Ollie and Luke were saying that they're not actually going to the Rev Pro show, they're going to the Royal Quest show. Um, now, for me, what I think, looking at the cards, we've got a lot of New Japan guys here tonight, which is brilliant, because they're probably going to use it. It's not a bit of a tune-up, a bit of a warm-up to the, to the, to the London scene um, before they go to the Royal Quest show. So we've got Suzuki Goon, We've got, obviously, Sabre and Suzuki. Yeah, we've got Okada and Tanahashi. Yeah. Tag teaming together, which would be pretty cool, which is going to be awesome. And we're not too sure, because I'm not too familiar with the cast of the Royal Quest show, but this may be Will Ospreay's last UK appearance after he won the J-Cup at the, um, at the J-Cup. He obviously announced that he was uh, sort of leaving the UK in permanently living residency in Japan. So this may potentially be with Osprey's last appearance at Rev Pro for sure, but maybe in the UK we won't find out until tomorrow. So I'm not too familiar with the uh, World Quest card, but it'll be good. I'm definitely getting a picture of Will Osprey tonight. Yeah, um, hopefully we might be able to meet David Starr and Suzuki, etc. as well. So yes. it'd be cool to see. 
who we get to meet and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I really want to meet David today. I know you're like personal friends with the guy by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're talking about your Super Nintendo wallet. Who's, uh, yeah, and then he'd be really nice. But, and then my mum thinking he knew me, even though he was just being nice because, you know, cause he's an awesome guy and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that shows what kind of guy he really is, actually, to be fair. For him to actually, for someone on the outside who's not a wrestling fan to go to a show, and then you're talking to him and it's so casual that your mum thinks, you, you two know each other. No, this is just the way he treats his fans. Yeah. I mean, that is that is a gentleman. And that's one of the reasons why I'm representing on my bag, because I've got a David Starr badge on my bag. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Because I, I like to represent people who deserve it and at least really, he's also is really good in the ring and I love his moniker as well. His moniker is a fucking awesome. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As far as um, hot talents that aren't actually signed by a major contract deal, you know, I'm surprised that I know WWE have reached out to him before. Um, David Starr said no. And I heard that on a podcast where it was a bit of an open mic with him, Jimmy Havoc, and a few AEW guys. Um, so he, has, he is recognised, obviously, by the, the big companies, but he's yeah. happy doing what he's doing. I mean, he technically wrestled for New Japan last year when they had that New Japan Rev Pro show, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's done crossover work and stuff. And he does a lot of stuff for New Japan here as well. I mean, Elvis has modes in New Japan now, or Osprey's in New Japan, Ishii's in New Japan, so he's wrestled a lot of New Japan people already. I know he does other stuff with, like, OGT and Progress, but I think, for me, I, I like his work the most in Rev Pro. I do. It, it seems to be his home base, if that makes yeah. sense. Every time I've seen him at Rev Pro, I mean, the last match I saw live was actually a Rev Pro match, and it was him against Alpha Tasmo for the light heavyweight or the cruiserweight British Championship, yeah. which Tasmo's actually holding at the moment. He just joined the Bullet Club. And then at the next night, or whatever the next show was in New Japan, he was holding the title, and you know, the commentary did say that he beat David Starr in a ladder match at Red Pro, which we saw, and what a fantastic match that was. I mean, that was a great match. You, but my God. The one thing I love about New Japan with Red Pro is because they're such a good commodity and they're such a good relationship with each other and such a good partnership that the wrestlers can actually wear the belts. Yeah. And, and they mentioned, oh, the Red Pro, Red Pro. I mean, the fact that they had the Red Pro Championship, A, at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. B at Dominion, and C tomorrow, and at, and at MSG as well, just shows how important the Red Pro British title and the title themselves are to New, New Japan. I mean, look so. at the um, look at the G1 this year. I mean, I know Zach Sabre Jr. did it particularly well, um, but every match he went to, he was holding the Red Pro Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. I mean, that shows the trust they put in there. And obviously, he was, like you said, uh, Wrestle Kingdom when he beat Ishii for it. I think he's held it since. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have dropped the tag titles, haven't they? The British. Yeah, all uh, the open, which then all the open lost it to Shah Samuels and um, Josh Bowen. Josh Bowen, that's it, yeah. My main. And then they're going to be wrestling tonight, and if they beat all the open, whoever wins is fighting GOD tomorrow. Oh, for the IEWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship because they're doing like um, Rev Pro, the Rev Pro tournament. Firing. Yeah, yeah so. mm. it'll be cool to see what happens though I would love to see Josh Bowden have a big push and I mean that I mean for anyone who's been a subscriber of this channel Mark the amount of times I talk about Josh Bowden the matches he has oh, he's um, really good as well oh, he's fantastic God, he's one of my and he's such a great heel as well he's 
He's so good. Like you want to hate him, or you want to watch him get beat up, which is what just how great heels should be. A great heel is someone who you want to pay money to get beat up. Yeah, exactly. And if they win, then fuck you. You want to either lose? Exactly. You lose. Like yeah, you lost. They're you doing know. their job perfectly. Yeah, for sure, man. For so, sure. I've always liked Josh Bowden ever since I saw him at a Red Pro show. Um, I've always liked his energy. I think, you know, to be honest, he looks the part. He's built like an absolute brick shit house. Um, he moves well. He's yeah. athletic. He's a show off. You know, he's got what it takes. And I think, I, I, I kind of hope he goes over tonight because I would like to see him in the ring, share the ring with someone on the same level as Tamatonga and Tongalawa, you know, G.O.D. I mean, what a yeah. bloody... That's a big match, and that's going to get a lot of eyes on it. And if you're telling me that New Japan are not going to be watching Royal Quest, of course they are. They're, it's their... Um, mm-hmm. It's their... I mean, tour. what do you think about, in a sense, of not being straight on New Japan World, but you can buy it on, uh, on like, pay-per-view, but not being on New Japan World till September? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as like Access TV when um, they were doing stuff. They've got a delay on it. It's all written up in contracts. I personally don't like it, but the, the thing is now with the internet, obviously you can watch anything you want. For nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not plugging no websites, but I know a website that anyone can go to. I'm not saying I do, but you can watch the whole G1 with no adverts in HD the night after it's finished. Yeah. Now, with this, I don't know, is it streaming dive anywhere? The, uh, I know apparently it's on some, I can't remember where it's, so you can find it by now. I know you can definitely buy it for, I think, like 20, 25 good. I think you can watch it for on some, like, Fight TV or something live. So, in other words, yeah, it will be on the internet available from tomorrow. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty much. But uh, And they've also yeah. got, as well, NXT UK. NXT UK, yeah. And All Out as well, so you got... Four massive events happening this weekend: Rev yeah. Pro, New Japan, AEW, and NXT UK. It's a big weekend for wrestling. I think Dave Meltzer's going to have his work cut out. Oh, he is massively. Is that man? Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave. So there was something we were, we were having a little discussion about earlier about the whole controversy that's been going on at the moment with the whole performance art thing. Mm-hmm. As we, as I said earlier, I believe wrestling isn't a, isn't a performance art. I believe them to be athletes because even though they are doing in a sense a performance there's still there's still a league there's still tournaments there's still this there's still that they have to have a proper license to even be a wrestler they have to have a to be a wrestler I mean what do you think about that? Yeah like my opinion is that it's a typical one in a kayfabe world they're all athletes because it's meant to be a competition athletic competition but obviously they're telling a story which is theatre they're working together to tell the story, but what they do is still athletic. So for me, it's I can't really say one or the other. For me, it's a bit of a mixed match of both. I know what you mean. I guess it's one of those hard things to say because it, it, even though even though I don't want to put like undermining actors, it feels like with professional wrestling, it's something that is so niche and you have to have the proper training. It's a bit like being a professional footballer or these, isn't it? Like professional yeah. basketball players, so they have to have this skill with everything. With an actor, even though there is skill involved, yeah. Like I believe in I believe in a sense even though I'm not trying to mean any actors at all. No. Like some acts I think are fantastic and amazing, you know. Yeah. That I believe in a sense they have a they have an easier time. It's kinda of like you're not doing as much where when you're being a wrestler 
you're doing so much more. You have to do so much more to even become a wrestler. Like even to wrestle for like a rev pro, you have to have so much training. You have to have so much experience. You have to have this. You have to have that. So that's yeah. why I think by calling out a performance art, I feel like it's kind of not the meaning wrestling. I kind of feel like it's kind of taken away. But yeah, yeah, athletes and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's a bit like you say about football. You know, any kid kick football, but not all of them could be a professional footballer. But wrestling, not everyone can wrestle. You know, no. you obviously, like you said, it's niche. But there's some guys that go in the ring, take a bump, and they say, they're not for me, and walk out. Yeah. You know, you've got to be a special breed, I think, to be a wrestler. And, and you also have, also have the passion for it as well. I feel like if you don't have the passion, then it's kind of like, what's the point of doing it? It's the same thing of anything you do. Like, if you don't at least have the passion to do it, then why bother? You know, Steve Austin always says, if you're going to be a wrestler, your aim is to be the WWF champion. Yeah. You know, if you're not there, why, if you're not aiming for that, why are you bothering? But, you know, like you're saying, like, any kid can kick a football, but they can't be a professional footballer. Not everyone can be a professional wrestler, but you can learn to wrestle, and if it's for you after you take your first bump, you can do it. It doesn't make you a good wrestler. It doesn't make you, you know, that you still need to have a, a natural gift, I think, to be able to work in the ring, connect with the audience, tell a story, and also you've got to be marketable. You know, yeah. you look at all this kind of like indie stuff, the indie scene's huge, and you can kind of relate it back to social media, and you can have YouTube videos on yourself, and rather than sending sort of VHSs to the old guys like they used to do in the territory days, it's all, it's easier to do. But the thing is with that, the, the, the world's saturated with all these indie guys trying to break through you've really got to stand out. So you need to be a good businessman as well to be a professional wrestler. You can't just wrestle in Folkestone and expect to get signed by the WWE or get recognised by Ring of Honor or CCW. You need to be special. Yeah, oh, yeah completely. There's so many elements to it. I think people don't realise what it takes to be a known name in wrestling. Yeah. I mean, just, just by saying that, you've also got to, as well, like, make sure what you say, even on social media itself, you watch what you say and stuff because it will bite you in the ass. It's like, yeah. there's so many different things to wrestling nowadays to become even successful in general. Yeah. That it, it's hard. Yeah. But I respect everyone who does it. Like, yeah. you know. I mean, what do you think about as well, we were discussing earlier, about um, people using both their names, their K-Tabe as well as their real-life name? Yeah, it gets a little bit clouded. Personally, I think they should have an account for their pro wrestling character and then a secret account for their private thing that they just had their friends that actually know, you know, Them, yeah. Seth Rollins apparently, you know, you could actually, well, any wrestler could have a, a fake Facebook account called Billy Bob's Tires, but all these friends and family know it's Seth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, completely. And then you have a wrestling page, which is your kayfabe page, you know, that's not really you, that's your character. So I think there needs to be a clear line. I mean, you're meant to be like, you get a super hot mark. I mean, MJF, I mean, like, you look at that guy, his Twitter and Instagram is just full of absolute gold. He oh, just, someone else is really good, Only Larkin. He's, he's <laughs> full of, he's, he, his squad is great as well. I love his Twitter, it's fucking hilarious. But you would never see MJF say, oh, out with the family today, having an ice cream, isn't it a lovely day? He wouldn't no. be doing that. I mean, you see that picture you put up with that guy in a wheelchair that's disabled. No. He was standing next to him, he's flipping in the bird. <laughs> no. It was absolutely brilliant, and the amount of heat 
that non-wrestling people put on there saying, who's this dickhead wrestler swearing that some disabled guy? And I was like, do you know what? That's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I bet that fan in the wheelchair who was disabled yeah. probably thought, best day of my life, I'm getting flipped off by MJF. Yeah, and he probably, <laughs> probably knew what was happening anyway. Oh, you know, it's one of those things like, I'm going to take a picture of me flipping you off. I like, that's yeah. what MJF's gimmick, which is why I think MJF works so well, is because he's a proper heel. He, he doesn't care, he doesn't pander anyone. He's like, no. I'm going to work a heel, I'm going to be a heel. Yeah, and so, he's a great heel. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you think as well, my man? Um, few weeks time NXT going to be on Wednesday night and then on the 2nd of all, 8th, October yeah October sorry is going to be AEW it's um, the Wednesday night wars I, I I think it's a bit of a dick move by WWE <laughs> like, I'll do it I do as well but at the same time I'm kind of happy that they're doing it because it shows that there's competition I mean as I, as I was saying to you earlier the one thing I want them to do is to have Paul Levesque run in NXT the way it has been run and then just let it see how it goes because if they make it the WWE lie and make it the same as Raw and SmackDown it's like what's the point make it different this is why everyone loves NXT so much because it's so different to the main roster exactly and I, you know I was listening to um, WrestleTalk and Luke and Ollie were saying that the rumour has it reported by Dave Meltzer mm-hmm. of um, Wrestling Observer he was saying that Vince is letting it breathe. He's going to give it a while and see what the ratings are doing. The biggest fear, I think, in the NXT locker room is if Vince looks at the ratings after about three weeks and goes, damn it, that's not good enough, and then he gets involved. And that is going to be absolutely terrible for NXT. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I think it will do because it's going to take away what makes NXT so special, what makes it so unique, what makes it so good. Yeah. Because it is completely different to the main roster. Every single show that I've ever seen, matches are completely different, storytelling is completely different, like the promos are really different, everything is just different about it. Yeah. I mean, I saw recently the highlights from this week's NXT, and my God, Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler is going to be fucking awesome. Oh. Rhea Ripley is like, she's fucking cool, I like her a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's like, it's a badass. NXT is basically WWE's version of an indie promotion. Oh, yeah. And I do enjoy it. And to be honest, I can watch three hours of Raw, which, to be fair, the last four weeks of Raw has actually been really, really good. They dropped the ball this week. Oh, that's because Paul Heyman's writing it now. Yeah. So anything that's really good. Oh, did you hear? Apparently, Paul Heyman helped Sasha with her promo this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been really <laughs> hanging on and everything now, which is it's just cool to see. Cause... Well, you can kind of see it in um, the way wrestling's going at the moment. But the thing that I didn't like about Raw this week was kind of like, you know, Gallows and Anderson were made to look weak. They've already dropped the titles. Um, and, you know, it's a bit like this curse of WWE. You know, you threaten you're going to leave and that you re-sign a contract and they give you a push for about three weeks and then they kind of just drop you down the wayside again. Pretty much. You know, it's, you know, they said to Gallows and Anderson, stay with us, we'll give you a big push, we'll put you with AJ, we'll put back the club or... The OC, California, <laughs> and um, you know it's uh, you know they've already dropped the titles. They was in that gauntlet match the other day. They got dropped out of that in seconds. And you think to yourself, and the winning oh, team was a team that wasn't even a freaking team. Yeah, uh, the Vikings are going back to NXT. I've heard. Yeah, well, to be honest, they're probably happy about that. Yeah, but the other thing as well, though, like a lot of people would have moved up, but because of this um, thing that's happened, uh, that's why they're not moving up anymore. Really. Yeah, because obviously Shenna Basil was going to move up. 
obviously Johnny Ogano was going to move up, but I don't think they're going to move up. No, with, with them going on to the USA Network, they will stay, they will want them there. Yeah. They will want them there. And, you know, also, I honestly can see this happening. I think you're going to get an AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels thing on NXT. And I'm not, and what was it? It was the, um, it was when Shawn Michaels came back and it was, um, I believe the OC had just won the tag titles and you could hear AJ shouting at Shawn Michaels, I know where you're at, you're at NXT. And it's kind of like there was this little, little, you know, tinder of light sort of suggesting is there going to be, is Shawn Michaels coming back to professional wrestling? I mean, Steve Austin, you know, there's a room going around Steve Austin coming back. Have you heard about this? No, he only, if he ever did come back, he only have one match because his ne- that's going to kill his neck like that. Yeah, you say that though, Edge took a bumper. Um, yeah, he did actually was quite surprising about it. I was quite impressed by that, actually. Like, bloody hell, yeah, she took a proper bump. Exactly, he's done the spear. And yeah. it's, um, you know, back in the day, you look at Nick Surge, you look at Daniel Bryan, he was told he could never wrestle again. Yeah. He proved to the doctors he could. You know, same kind of thing happened to Edge, but, I mean, he's, he's on that film set doing that Viking show, and he said on his podcast with Christian, he said that, you know, I take bumps in that show all the time. All the spears we do are real, and they're all on, you know, they're padded out. He said, but it's real contact, and we're doing it on the concrete floor. He said, yeah. I'm doing it with a, in a WWE ring. It's a lot more controlled. He said, you know, I, I don't know if he'd be able to have a full match, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, there's... But it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, when they come back, there's going to be all these expectations that they're never going to live up to because they, they couldn't, because if they did... And they get themselves injured, they're going to get make themselves even worse again. Exactly. I mean, look at what about? Uh, have you heard about Cesaro? Like he's going to be going to NXT UK this weekend. Yeah. He's going to be scouting apparently. So interesting to see. He has a match on this Saturday. So. Well, Paul Levesque apparently said that um, Cesaro is always after me. He wants to go down to the um, NXT UK. He said he yeah. loves it. He said he really does enjoy it. That's the thing with WWE. You've got a lot of movement. I think Cesaro. I mean, his wheels have been spinning for so long. You know, I think they've been spinning the same amount of time as Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, you know. But the thing at least Dolph Ziggler was given the title. Yeah, Cesaro's never held a world championship. Nope. But the, but the funny thing as well, though, like, Steve Austin is a massive Cesaro fan. I so mean, famous. yeah. Did you ever see the, the Cesaro Alice Black match? Is it a WWE event? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was, it was money, it, no. It, wasn't, it was the one before um, SummerSlam, that, that pay per view, where it was kind of like, who's knocking on my door? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's someone else, too. If they don't completely fuck up, that's going to make them a lot of money and be a massive star. Alistair Black. Alistair Black could be one of the biggest things that WWE have had in a long yeah. time. Because he's got that indie style. Someone else as well who I fucking love and who I really have it over ruin, which I know they're going to fucking ruin because it's Vincent Mann, The Fiend. Oh, okay. He is fucking awesome. SummerSlam entrance. It's one of the best entrances oh, I've ever seen. Oh, that was so good. That was the best thing. WWE put out in a long time. That was honestly, I was the whole everything. I'm speechless. Yeah, I am absolutely. Speechless. That was like the best like thing I've ever seen in wrestling in years. That was amazing. I think even people who don't like wrestling at all. I've like watched this. You will be impressed. Yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe, maybe show them a few of the. Firehouse, Funhouse episode, see what they think about it, and then be like, watch the entrance, watch this, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. 
It, oh, yeah, did you see uh, there was rumours going around that they were saying they're going to make it more PG and then Bray Wyatt was like, no, no, no. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, I just thank God for that. Bray Wyatt apparently has got near enough full creative control over that. Yeah. And um, Vince has kind of let him go with it. But the good thing about The Fiend is when you look at the contract deals with um, Fox and USA Network, the stuff they've got to put out is PG. Now, the stuff they put out on their own network be kind of what it wants to be. Yeah, it can, yeah. And if they protect the fiend and don't over, kind of, not exhaust him, but over show him, there is a proper word for that, but... Oh, overexposure, kind of like, yeah. Overexpose him. If they don't overexpose the fiend, I mean, he could be, like, the wrestles once or twice a month, maybe at a pay-per-view, then have a couple laughs, then come back at one of the big four. He could be something really special. Yeah. If they just let it breathe and just let it do what Bray the, wants it to do. The one thing I'm worried about them doing is, obviously it's over, obviously everyone loves it, but obviously everyone's going, oh my God, it's the fiend. Yeah. I'm worried about, because of that reaction, Vince is going to change it to make it more facial, which then it's going to lose a lot of its appeal. Yeah, yeah, there is that. There's always that worry with Vince. And the biggest thing with the fans is everyone is scared of Vince McMahon touching anything, you know? Yeah. That Firefly Funhouse, fun, the Firefly Funhouse, the actual videos of that are actually quite weird. Are they? They're really weird. I but mean, they're really clever. Like when you watch them back and you look at the fiend, you can see so many hints of the fiend and so many different hints of his old characters. And, oh, I love the Vince McMahon puppet. I was just about to say that Vince McMahon puppet is absolutely bloody terrifying. Yeah, it is. It really is bloody terrifying. <laughs> oh. And then it's like the huskish piggy, where he's like, oh, it is baboon. It's oh, like, you know... Brilliant. I mean, yeah. apparently it had um, millions and millions of views on um, YouTube, which the WWE did edit it a little bit. Like, you couldn't really see that he was holding his whole head of yeah. Ray Wyatt. You oh, because obviously that. with the whole um, monetization stuff, you can't do certain things anymore, so they were going to want it to potentially lose out of money that way. Yeah, so they've got to be careful there. But apparently that one video had millions and millions and millions of views the song on spotify got released the same well, the day after the fiend's entrance which i got straight away um that has that had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of streams mm-hmm. i mean like and then you got michael cole the next night on raw so everyone's talking about seth Rollins and brock lesnar they wasn't they was talking about the fiend yeah they were everyone was talking about the fiend everyone on facebook was mentioning it sharing it and stuff yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to the fiend i just hope they don't at the moment, they they have him keep attacking legends, and you know he took out Jerry Laurer and, and. I reckon he might maybe take out Austin or Undertaker next. If he took out Austin, that would give him some heat. I mean, but do you want to see him keep taking legends out? You know, I mean, where, what do you do with him? I mean, obviously, Finn Balor is taking a vacation because he's just got married. Yeah, which is fantastic. Um, oh, for an Irish black. Use, use him for that, like use him to take out guys who are going to be out, out for a while. Yeah, you, yeah, and, and, and really play on the injury. I mean, the only thing with Finn Balor, when he took him out in his match against SummerSlam, the only thing that kind of annoyed me is obviously Finn Balor's going to be out for quite a long time after that attack. Yeah. He should have just laid down. It, the way he got up and sold it, coughing, and then, you know, he looked like he'd just been in a match. He should have really oversold that and just laid there unconscious. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, if he's going to be up yeah. for quite a long time, 
if he really wants to sell it, sometimes not selling it sells it better. Mm-hmm. But he should have just laid there unconscious after the mandible thought. Just laid there on his back, just eyes shut, what is up with Finn Balor, he's not moving. Someone get help. Then he goes off the scene for ages, not get up and start coughing and looking back. Yeah, That's mean, yeah. my only criticism on that whole angle. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, think, I think the main thing that is just how good Bay Wyatt, the Fiend, is that this is a man who, for ages, everyone was being like, this guy's so boring, he needs to change himself, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. Mm-hmm. He did it anymore, was like, oh my god, like, it's, it's fucking amazing. So, yeah. He goes from someone who was just bambling on the mic wearing a straw hat, and everyone got bored of him, and then this is the thing, you let the you let the guys have creative control of something they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say Steve Austin, he was that was Steve Austin with the volume turned up, you know, and yeah. what came out of it. This is Bray Wyatt with his creative hat on and that's why I'm glad sorry, which is why I'm glad AEW's around because then it means that they have to do something though, which is why I think they're doing the NXT thing because of like shit AEW's coming, we need to have someone who could go against them and stuff. Exactly. And, and the thing about competition that, creates um, greatness. I mean, that's why the Monday Night Wars was so good because there was competition, there was, you know, fighting in a sense between the two wrestling companies. So it means that they had to make everything that they did good. Which yes. is why I'm glad this is happening because I felt with WWE, I haven't watched proper WWE for ages because it's so, besides the last couple of several weeks, it's been so mundane and boring. It's like, it's just, a monopoly is just, horrible things like there shouldn't be a monopoly there should be um, a general thing in competition's healthy yeah I, I, I know it's just completely going off the tangent not going about wrestling but what do you think about the whole Sony and MCU situation what with Spider-Man yeah I don't be, I know what happened but I don't know why why did they drop Spider-Man uh, because uh, Disney only got 5% of any takings or any money that anything that Spider-Man was in, even though they produced it and made the film and stuff. And Sony got 95%. So Spider-Man, so, so Disney went to Sony and went, by the way, because we, we did this so well for you guys, we revived the character, we rehabbed the character, made him into this billion dollar franchise, because I think Far From Home made over a billion dollars right. worldwide. And then they were like, we want 50-50, and then Sony were like, no. And then Disney was like, oh, what yeah, yeah. and then literally, yeah. It all comes down to money. Yeah. So Sony, Sony would rather have 100% um, of everything yeah. to a really shitty film, which they have done over the past, like Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 weren't that great, I mean, Spider-Man 3 was shit. I know Into Spider-Verse was amazing, that's one of the best films yeah. of like last year, but MCU did so well, and ultimately the MCU, it's, they left it on such a massive cliffhanger and the films have been so good and stuff, like, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's horrible when it comes down to money. I mean, so what's going to happen with Spider-Man now? Is it all Sony then? Yeah, all Sony. So basically, it, Tom Holland's going to still be in the is, as Spider-Man, but he, I, he, I think he'll be gone by when these last two get done because Sony haven't done very well with the... I mean, the only reason Venom was, even though it wasn't very good, was as good as it was because they had um, MCU, they had Kevin Feige help, who's like the head of the MCU, because otherwise that film would be even worse than it would have been. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. My God. So there's even wars between companies in the film industry, not yeah. just professional wrestling. I mean, that's the reason why um, <laughs> Disney bought out Fox, because of the um, uh, mutants. Because they wanted the X-Men and all, and Fantastic Four and, um, 
I think Blade and a few other, other famous characters, because obviously at the time Marvel going through bankruptcy, so they sold a lot of their characters, film rights to different companies, and then because of how big it became, yeah, and everything. So that's that's pretty what that's pretty much why. So Vince McMahon is. Yeah, so Disney spent fifty billion dollars to buy Fox just so they can have the mutants in the MCU. I, I mean, there's other reasons as well. Obviously, they're going to own all everything like Aliens, Simpsons, anything you can think of that's made by Fox. I think it's set for the Sports Channel, maybe the news. Disney know it. So, oh, Deadpool, so Deadpool, so Deadpool is going to be in the MCU, but it's still going to be Ryan Reynolds though, because when they actually when Disney bought up. Um, box and you had on the cause you know on the, on the website you know on the website it has disney what they do and they have like the ban at the top yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. had um i think the simpsons star wars um mickey mouse and stuff and deadpool there as well really Siren of deadpool was one of the main things there my god <laughs> so basically they just copied vincent mann's um idea of uh just buy everything but but unlike um, but unlike Vincent Mann, each even though they own everything, each of their companies is run differently. Right. Like Lucasfilm, their own thing. Um, the Marvel stuff, their own thing. Than Disney. So if you, if you notice, even though they're owned by Disney, you do not see a single Disney logo when you watch a Star Wars film or an MCU film. No, you don't. So, so they hide it. Yeah. Is that on purpose? I think it is, but also they don't want it to be much too much of a, of a, mono, of a monopoly. Okay. Which is one of the reasons why they had to, uh, in the first place, have it approved for the buyout to even happen. Yeah. Because otherwise it'd be like both. But well, we still have Warner Brothers. We have all these other different companies as well. But mm. you know, I mean, with how successful and how everything the MCU's been, you have so many other people wanting to do um, universe now. Yeah, you got Universal, the DC Universe, which was shit and didn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, you got you had the Monster Universe, which one film was completely out of bollocks and never never happened again. You've got the Godzilla Universe and stuff. So a lot of companies want to do that now because of how successful the MCU was. I don't think they will ever recreate the magic that the MCU put out though. No, that was it's like we were so lucky and fortunate to be in that. Yeah, I know they're going. Into, they're going into like a new phase now. Uh, phase four now. Phase we we just had phase three. Uh, Far from home was the end of phase three. Right. I mean, um, Avengers um, Endgame is the highest grossing film ever now. I mean, that's a deal. And then has it actually been um, put forward to get a, like uh, the awards or anything? Because apparently a lot of this MCU stuff doesn't get. Recognized. Um, I'm. Are you? I, I don't think it. I don't think it will win Best Picture. But I wouldn't be surprised if he wins like best um, supporting actor or something or actor or something like that. I, I don't think it will ever win picture. I mean, Avatar. I'm no Avatar nominated for picture, but I don't think it will ever win picture though. So why don't you reckon the MCU will ever win anything else? Probably because the Oscars and stuff—they like a specific kind of movie. They like. They have like a specific criteria. They like the sort of like the artsy, the fartsy, the like historical, that kind of thing. Yeah, so they and like the, actors like Kate Winslet and all the old school, like yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio playing something heartfelt rather than Iron Man shooting a load of bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, I've, I've been the one, I think one of the MCU films that I think would have done really well at the Oscars, I think did pretty well, would have, would have been Black Panther. 
because it's quite unique, it's quite different, it's, you know, so. Yeah, and it ticks a lot of the boxes now which um, 2019 presented, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, they, there's this whole, um, you know, power for the women and bits and pieces, which is fantastic. And that had to kind of, um, I mean, it's a brilliant film. It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, I loved it. Have you, have you heard the um, the joke that they called from it? Because, you know, um, Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman are in it. Yeah. They, everyone calls them the token white guys. Yeah, yeah. Because, obviously, Tolkien being like the... Yeah, the South Park. Yeah. 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 yeah, and also being the author as well, who did the uh, Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. I was, well, I was well, found out quite funny, because, obviously, South Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... But, you know, I don't understand. Which is, which is a satire based on old comedies and stuff back in the yeah. 60s, 70s, so. It's something women, you know, they were saying about, you know, they, like the Wonder Woman film and stuff, people gave it bad reviews. And there was a lot of people saying, um, you know, you're only giving it a bad review because it was a girl that was playing the main part. To me, that's rubbish. You look at Alien, the, the main character was a female. Yeah. You know, one of the best films ever, Terminator. I know it was Arnie, but obviously you had um, Linda Hamilton in it. Linda Hamilton. Yeah. You know, and there's the Terminator series, like Terminator films, are my favourite ever. You know, Terminator 2 is my favourite film in the world. You know? Oh, one of mine as well. I love T2. It kind of reminds me as well of the same sort of point with the Ghostbusters when that came out a couple of years ago. And that film was absolute shit. It wasn't shit because it had women, it was shit because it was shit. It was shit because it was shit. Yeah, like, I have no qualms of saying if anything's shit. It doesn't matter who's in it, man, yeah. female, whatever. If it's shit, it's shit. Yeah, and that, that, that really annoyed me when they said, oh, people aren't giving it the pew, you know, because it was all, um, it was all just because it was women. It, it wasn't. It no. was generally a really bad film. Now, for me, when I first went to go, I actually saw it at the cinema. Yeah, I saw, I saw it at the cinema. I thought... Chris Hemsworth was the funniest thing about that movie, but besides that, I'm like, this film is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it started off well. I thought when it first started, got you know, before it all went absolutely silly, I thought, this could actually be quite good. It was actually quite, not scary, but eerie, with the female, um, the ghost, the librarians, I can't really yeah. remember. That was quite good. And then all of a sudden, it just become absolutely stupid, Now it's not just taken over the bloody... And, and I thought the ending as well, the way they defeated the main villain was really stupid, like, using the thing in its bollocks and it's like what really? well, that, well, that's like, derogatory yeah. to men yeah that's really it's yeah. like I know how to beat this female bad guy I'll slap her in the tits it, it's yeah. so wrong it's, oh god it's, yeah it, the film sucked <laughs> it, 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 it completely oh you can't beat around the bush you can't no fucking shit you have to get a woman in the bush <laughs> oh. well, yeah, talking of something else um we're going Another couple of tangents, what we do when we're wrestling. Yes, we to have, oh, like, Tony, me and Tony go on tangents as well, it's great, I love yeah. it. Um, what do you think about the Game of Thrones season, um, final season? I haven't spoken to you about it. But do you know why you didn't speak to me about it? No, because you I'm, hated it? I'm the 0.5% who hasn't seen the who episode. Who hasn't seen any of Game of Thrones. Get that. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I am the one of the rare breeds that hasn't seen Game of Thrones. Now, when... My girlfriend, she absolutely loves it. And um, when we moved house, we didn't have Sky for a little while. We used to go around my mum and dad's the day after it was aired, and my mum doesn't watch it either. So me and mum would go outside in the garden, just chat and have a coffee. We wasn't allowed to disturb Sam or my dad. If they were in the front room, 
watching it, they used to tell us why we're going in to watch Game of Thrones. Okay, and we wasn't allowed to go in there. Yeah. The door was shut. It was blacked out, and honestly, it was like a oh, it's like a seance in there. You wasn't allowed to do anything. Like that's how into it I know people were and oh, people were really into it man like we used to watch it at the cinema like live at like 2 o'clock in the morning on the, the big screen season, on the big screen yeah oh, just, just, just at the start because we wanted to watch it live and know what happened that's amazing and a great thing about it as well because even though yes I felt the final season was quite rushed and yes watching it the three the second time I enjoyed it more but it was just the whole series of everything that was happening like like months and years we were like what's going to happen and when the certain things happen it's like oh my god what's going to happen here what's going to happen there yeah it's just great to, just to have that as well I mean I could I could obviously watch it now Now, I, I don't even know what happens and you could say to me right now but don't but you could say to me oh Rich yeah, the king dies and uh, the, the woman the woman wins the fight and the dragon the dragon laid an egg right and I would forget by the time I watch it. Um, yeah. But I could go back at any time and just watch it. But the, the biggest thing for me is time. It's finding time to do it. You know, that it, you have to invest a hell of a lot of time in all this stuff. Yeah. And, and the problem is, you know, I, I had trouble investing time into the G1 this year. <laughs> Watching, you know, Game of I mean, how, how long is each episode of that? Uh, around an hour. Each one. It's not too bad, but it'll be one a night for me because I work Monday to Friday. Well, the, but the cool thing about Game of Friends is the seasons are quite short. Like, uh, at, the, at the most, it's ten episodes per season. At the least, it's like six or seven episodes per season. But they do get longer and bigger and everything else. And there are so, and it's one of those shows there are so many moments and like spots, like wrestling that make you go, fucking hell, come that just happened. Yeah, and it's like... I hate you. Why the fuck? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, yes, that happened and sort of thing as well. So you was worked. Yes. Oh, completely. Mark completely worked. worked by there, the dragon. There's one moment that happened in one one episode that I literally was jawless. What was happening? I'm like, fuck. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like when you when you look back and you realise actually, any any look back and you read about things, it's like actually I can see what happened. I can see blow up light, and you go like. That's really, that's really kind of storytelling and building up over several years. And, yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know about this Red Wedding thing or the Dead Wedding or... Oh yeah, Red, red Wedding is a quite... That, that happens quite early, that happens in season three. Yeah, like, but oh, apparently everyone gets killed at a wedding, which is really sort of against the, the laws of Outworld or whatever it is. Like, but, but yeah. But, but, the, but the great thing about Game of Thrones is, expect the unexpected. If you like, if you like, if you like a character a lot, they will probably die. So that's, that's the great thing about George R. R. Martin as a, as a storyteller. Like he will make it work to tell a better story. Like he wouldn't kill someone just for killing them. He would kill them for a reason. It's like there's a there's a reason why it's happened. It's like a, a what's that word? Like a butterfly effect. When this happens, it's like oh okay, this happens. So so it's a bit like long term booking, which the WWE is so good at. Yes, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Going back to the wrestling thing, yeah? Yeah. So before we head off the man, anything else you want to talk to the teacher about? Before we uh, head off and then get ready to watch some wrestling and then afterwards review the wrestling? Well, yeah, we've got an hour to drive, so we're probably just going to turn the mic off and enjoy the views of the M2 and the M25 and East London. Because that's always... London. 
good old East London, beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so we'll leave you guys to it. And uh, thanks for joining us on the pre-summer scissor uh, Pro. Yeah, cheers guys for joining us. This will probably be out tomorrow on Saturday because I've got to uh, upload it at home and stuff. So we'll be up then. So yeah. Anyway guys, we've been air wrestling. Peace. Living lies, so I'm living it all. Yes, I'm living it all.